China's central bank has intervened in the last 24 hours to support its currency. And US existing home sales were weaker than expected in July. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, we find out all about how the neutral interest rate has shifted since COVID with ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin. We're in a very different situation. The age of austerity is over now. The underlying bias of fiscal policy is expansionary. And that contrasts very sharply with what we saw a decade or more ago. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, number one, US consumers and workers are powering along, but the market for existing home sales isn't. Here's Brian with the latest data overnight. The market was expecting a fall of 0.2%, but it came in at down 2.2%. And the reason for that is twofold. First of all, the supply of housing on the market is very limited at the moment. So house searchers may not be able to find what they want. But because interest rates have risen quite sharply, or very sharply, funding costs, borrowing costs have uh, risen significantly for households. So when you put those two together, I think that's just leading to the current weakness and helps to explain why we are seeing home sales now at the lowest level they have been for six months. Number two, currency markets in the Asia-Pacific will be watching closely again today with the People's Bank of China continuing to support the yuan or renminbi in currency markets. The PBOC set its daily fixing for the currency at 7.1992 per dollar yesterday. Now that compared with an average estimate in a Bloomberg survey of 7.3103. That's the largest gap since the polls began in 2018 and shows that the PBOC is having to intervene. In fact, it sold 35 billion yuan of bills in Hong Kong on Tuesday to mop up liquidity. That actually exceeded the 25 billion yuan of securities that were due this month. Now, that's the first time the central bank has bought more in than was due to mature in two years. And what that did was it meant that the 20 billion yuan of three months bills, uh, they sold at 3.2%. That's the highest yield since 2018. All of that means that funding costs for those who are trying to squeeze the renminbi lower are higher. Number three, Europe's consumers are feeling the pinch from higher interest rates, which has squeezed on imports and helped Europe's current account situation, along with lower commodity costs. Europe's current account surplus jumped to almost 36 billion euros in June, from 7.9 billion in May. This data is telling us not only is that good for growth, because such a surplus will add to GDP, but it's also very good news for inflation over the longer run. So that very severe terms of trade shock that the European economy experienced following the outbreak of the war in the Ukraine is unwinding. Number four, we find out more about how New Zealand's consumers are feeling and spending with data on retail sales volumes for the June quarter due later today. ANZ's New Zealand chief economist, Sharon Zollner, sees a flat number and she can feel a cold wind blowing through the economy. Certainly anecdotally, the freight sector is reporting abruptly slower demand, um, which would be consistent with the monetary policy tightening, cooling the economy, as indeed we are all forecasting. We have a recession in the second half of the year in our forecasts, uh, and the freight industry does tend to feel those chill winds more quickly. 
Number five, looking ahead to Jackson Hole, all the focus so far has been on Fed Chair Jerome Powell. But Christine Lagarde, the president of the ECB, is also talking. Brian Martin again. The message that President Lagarde is going to have to send to markets is that the ECB remains unwavering in its commitment to get inflation back to target. She's going to be hawkish, mainly because core inflation is still way above target here in Europe and guide that whilst there's a chance that they could skip raising interest rates in September, that by no means implies that uh, we're on the verge of a pivot in policy uh, from the ECB. Now it's time for our bonus deep dive, this time on what the neutral interest rate is in the United States. It's the real rate after inflation that is thought to be not stimulating the economy or slowing it down. It's up for discussion by central bankers at their annual symposium at Jackson Hole. It's a fishing retreat in Wyoming. It's the most watched offsite of the year in financial markets in the global economy. So I spoke with ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, in London this morning about how that neutral or real interest rate might have changed since COVID. I think prior to COVID, the real interest rates in the US had fallen, the neutral rate I think was actually negative. Following the GFC, there was an awful lot of turmoil in the banking sector. Uh, We saw the financing of construction for residential, for commercial real estate change significantly. And it was quite a disinflationary period. And the neutral interest rate, I think, then had to go negative to prevent the economy from falling into deflation. And that compounding what was a very low level of economic Activity at the time. We're in a very different situation. The age of austerity is over now. The underlying bias of fiscal policy is expansionary. And that contrasts very sharply with what we saw a decade or more ago. Uh, and I think naturally that means that interest rates need to be higher now. So this is why I think one of the key reasons that the neutral real interest rate in the economy is higher than it was prior to COVID. And um, that neutral real interest rate uh, obviously would be uh, lower than what the the Fed funds rate at the moment, which give you a sense of how restrictive uh, monetary policy is. Any sense on the size of that gap? You know, if we were to go back to something like normal, if we were to go back to a, you know, uh, not too tight, not too loose policy, where where do you think we'd end up? I think the real interest rate is probably in the region of a half to 1%. That's the real neutral rate. Um, at the moment, we're in restrictive territory. So depending on how you calculate it, using actual inflation or inflation expectations or a combination of both, which I tend to, currently the real interest rate is around one and a half, possibly as high as 2% in the economy. And that's restrictive. So I think we're probably about 1% above where the longer run neutral interest rate is. Now, the various central bank governors and officials will be meeting at Jackson Hole uh, this weekend, and uh, they may be doing some fishing, but they're also um, fishing for the neutral interest rate. How do you go about finding it? As you said, uh, Bernard, it's something that's known next post. I think how you assess it, and I think we were at it there uh, pre-COVID really, It's when you see the economy moving along steadily, 
Inflation's in a two to two and a half percent range. Labour market gains are probably in the region of 100 to 150,000. And the unemployment rate is around 4%, maybe a little bit higher. I think that would be a nice landscape to which say, yes, central banks are now at the neutral interest rate. But we've a ways to go. So they're going to be debating lots of things. And the theme of this conference at the weekend is structural changes in the global economy. So I think they would be looking at what has changed now versus pre-COVID. And I think the end of austerity is one very clear thing. So fiscal policy is working to support growth. We've seen a big change in the energy landscape um, for climate reasons. Governments are correctly prioritising investment in renewables. But also with the war in the Ukraine, Europe's had to radically and very speedily change its energy mix, where its inputs come from. And that could have significant inflation implications. Brian Martin there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Wednesday the 23rd of August. Catch you tomorrow. We will get the first sign of how factories are performing in August. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ. All associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ Research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZ's. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.